welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. And thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. I have a guest with me today, a reoccurring guest, Cruz. You guys, yes. if you guys have not seen, he was in a recent episode. Well, semi-recent. It was about, like, what, almost a year ago? It was probably almost a year ago now, yeah. Yeah, yeah somewhere around then. I don't yeah. even know, but hey. You know, this is our third conversation together on camera. So, yeah. yes, because you joined, for those who don't know, um, he joined as a guest on our other show, the Encore Podcast, that has been put to rest for a little bit. But, you know, that's okay. Yeah. But I'm great to, it's great to be here with you today, my brother. How are you? I'm good, man. You uh, you are doing a lot right now. Yeah. In your uh, personal life. Yeah. Uh, all these past six months. Mostly professional life, which for me, cross over a lot. And I think I'm blessed in that way. That, like, for me, my personal life, for me, the distinction I make is personal is, like, interpersonal. Like, like my relationships with people, that's how I look at personal. Um, and I, I think I chose a path that works great for me because in my professional life, I get to talk to people, and that's my favorite part of it, is to have those deep, intimate conversations about people's journeys, about people's goals, and to be able to find a role that will help them further that. So, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but... Um, primarily I consider myself a producer manager. So right now I manage a roster of about, um, I run two companies. So one company is called producer royalty. I started this from the ground up about five months, months ago. Uh, my vision for it was to offer management services on a placement by placement basis. And what I mean by that is as a producer, um, a lot of times you don't need a full manager. You're not like an artist where you have all these like sort of, uh, commitments and touring and all these various moving parts as a producer, um, there's these issues with collecting payments. You get a placement on a major label and the label often doesn't reach out to you. What do I do? So the main service I offer is I reach out to the label and I try to get my producers paid. So that was the vision for producer royalty going very well so far. I've been doing about, about, that about like five months and uh, got a roster of about like 30 producers right now that I oversee. And then I have this other company called Backend Music Group. And with them, um, they sign producers the full management deal. Shout out my brother Elijah. He does a phenomenal job overseeing them. Very similar type of thing. Um, and, you know, I've taken over as CEO of that company pretty recently, too. So very much intertwined visions, but it's been going great so far. And I, I just feel blessed to be doing it. What's it like? I, I know I asked you this before we were on camera, but what's it like being a CEO? Like the whole the whole rundown. Um, what has it been for you? What have you noticed about yourself? And what does it actually take to be a successful CEO in your eyes? I think that the biggest part about running a company and to be a CEO, I think, and I'm so new in it that like, I don't, I'm not talking from a place of like full understanding, but my understanding of it is I need to have a vision that allows other people to fit in and see themselves within it. And what I mean by that is like, if you want people, especially right now, when I'm first starting out, the people who work for me or work with me, they're my partners more than anything. Like they are a phenomenal team and they believe in my vision. And I try to like give them space and opportunities to be able to to work their skill set and put it within mine and, and to collaborate with them. So for me, I think that 
Um, the most important thing is to just make people feel encouraged and welcomed and to stimulate them to like really insert themselves and feel attached to the mission of it. I think that probably where most startups fail is that the employees don't feel attached to the growth of the mission. So it's like you're not going to have that startup energy, that spirit that like will take you to burst through to like the next level of not being a startup. So I think that, you know, I try to like I reinforce more than anything how grateful I am for my team and how um, there is something if you attach yourself to this now, there is something for you in the medium to long term, like whether that's equity, a, a great role, like you you get to build relationships with amazing people right now so for me i think just like i'm trying to embrace that sort of like uh overseer dot connector and put myself in a position where i'm not working in the business i'm working on the business so and that's been the most difficult transition for me i would say is is to like take the day-to-day -day and be able to delegate that and trust and, and have trust in people it's interesting because when I hear CEOs and when I think of, of CEOs, I think of like nonstop work, you know, 24 seven, they're always on the clock Yeah. and, um, no rest. Has, has your schedule been, been kind of like that? Has it been very similar to, uh, not resting as much or, you know, you're on the clock 24 seven phone calls and yeah. other things like that. Has that, has that been a little bit of what your schedule has looked like? My schedule, there's not a single 10 minutes that goes by where I'm not thinking about something related to it. So like I, I especially in like the music space and especially as a, in the management space like and I have 50 producers I'm working with that all have placements on, on major labels and it's just like all of them are reaching out at some point and like if I want to build a good and, and they're all new with me so like making a good first impression and, and making like the first couple months working with me memorable and impactful and like feeling attached to like my company and my mission like that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of like I don't want to answer this message right now but I should and I will so I definitely feel like I've my schedule I mean like I love it though like I started this conversation with it's like having these conversations and being able to even be in touch with these people I, and I've only been doing this for I've only been in the music industry for a year two years like I feel so grateful for like all of it for most of it and like I I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. So it's like, for me, work-life balance can be really silly because I if you like what you do, then why would you do less of that? Like, so it's just a matter of just being able to walk that tightrope where like you're always just at least in check with like whatever your North Star is, whether that's happiness. For me, I'd rather it be pride. I'd rather whatever I'm going through right now to just feel proud of that because happiness is going to come in waves and pride i think we can all stand on that true so like for me i, I don't want to get too caught up in the highs and i i obviously not the lows either so over these past six months you've we, we've had a you know conversation that you said that you've learned a lot about yourself um and you've the conversation was you know when i first asked you oh do you want to be on the the podcast uh you said yeah you know can't can't wait uh, learned a lot about myself. What are what are some of those things that you've learned um, about yourself? Um, has there any been been any lows, and, and if so, what have have those been? Well, first I want to say that like coming on this show, 
is not something that like I'm, I'm necessarily like I, I think this is like a form of therapy for me and like not only will I get some content after this and an opportunity to reach a new you know a little bit of a new audience and everything but like this is an opportunity for me to think about questions that like I haven't really thought about and it's very rare to find people like you who love to have these conversations so first of all I really want to say thank you for that I appreciate and that. I really respect that um, so over the last few months so the question was what are some things that I've experienced or learned about myself yeah yeah you said it's a form of therapy, so yeah. there's been must have must have been those there's those a, tough, yeah. there, tough conversations. There's a lot. Um went through a breakup like six months ago. And in that relationship I would say that I was going through some loss of myself. I am somebody that's very much a people pleaser. We had this conversation I think last time, but like I really find myself turning into somebody that the other person across from me wants me to be or has an expectation of. So for me, the biggest thing has been just sort of Taking a lot of alone time and then also putting myself in rooms where I feel like I relate to people. So I think that the most powerful thing I've done recently is when I go to an event and I meet somebody, I, I like their energy. I fuck with their spirit. I, I, I think we could uh, build and work off of each other in, in some type of way. After that event, not only do I get their contact, I, I look them in the eyes the entire time and like, you know, I, I express whatever positivity I feel towards them. I invite them out the next time, next time I go somewhere. And I've been keeping doing that over and over and over again. And I think a lot of people have like too much pride sometimes. Like maybe if they're going somewhere by themselves, they don't want to invite somebody that they just met by themselves, like, you know, to go. But like for me, like that has snowballed into like a cycle of finding people that like I really in surrounding myself and creating a new circle. So like for me, the most powerful thing for me has just been showing support and like inviting people to come out with me. And it seems like such a simple thing, but like I don't think enough people like people think I have to know you forever to invite you to this next event, like, you know, and stuff like that. So um, that's been great. Um, what's another thing I learned about myself? I learned that I really need to just find more habits that suit me. And I, that's an obvious, simple answer. But, like, I think that, like, I need to find more time to just sit down and reflect and not be overcommitted. So, like, I have such a personal relationship type of job industry. And I need those, like, to, to come up with creative new ideas, you need that alone time that... Like, maybe that's first thing in the morning, first two hours. For me, recently, it's been, like, from, like, 11 p.m. to, like, 2 a.m. on, like, Saturday nights. Like, so putting that time I was usually out to the side and, like, spending those times, like, ideating and stuff. Like, so I just learned the importance of, of really, you know, having that alone time and using it to to be creative and, and putting everything else on hold hmm. for that time. I like your first point in, in, in regards to... Um where you kind of you, you talked a little bit about just being able to spend some time with with somebody that you just met yeah and i think that's like incredibly important just because i guess one thing that i think is overlooked sometimes is if you like somebody's energy there's this whole this whole stigma of oh you need to to wait a, a certain amount of time to to rekindle with them or yeah. or see them yeah um and obviously too much sometimes could be too much yeah but it's just like this feeling that you get like your body will literally tell you how you should be reacting or interacting with this person yeah you know mo most of the times it's like 
we have this gut feeling. Oh, you're going to like a date or you're going to an event. And all of a sudden you just get like this pit gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, maybe I, maybe I'm just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes that your body is telling you something. And um, sometimes we need to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And in those interactions, I guess, like you said, just putting your pride to the side. Um, mm. as, as humans and especially as men, we can be extremely prideful where it's like, oh, I like hanging out with this person. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm not going to let them know that I I'm interested or I care about them or, yeah. and, and it's such a, it's such a, such a messed up way to think. Yeah. And it, it, I stick out like a sore thumb in like a lot of hip hop rooms because I'm the one that is the most active in this room trying to engage with everybody and coming across weird to some people. You don't understand how people can be confrontational in certain rooms in hip hop. So it's like I, I, I invite people out and then they're the guy that's like does, feels too cool to be the person in the front of the stage and like supporting the random artists and all that type of stuff. And like, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll be the guy I'd rather be. I like being in a new room. All right, this is this is something really powerful that I've done recently too. So you know when you enter a new room and you don't know what the room is like. You don't know anybody in that room. I, I go to a lot of things by myself, or at least I was when I a couple months ago when I first was out of the relationship and I just wanted to like, you know, find new people. Um a lot of times people wait, they go into the corner, they they, they they walk in, they go to the back corner, they maybe get a drink at the bar, they're kinda of looking around, trying to scout it, blah blah blah. My thing is now, as soon as I walk in the room, first person I see, I start a conversation with them. Wow. Insert them. Pretend like or act like that this is a room that I belong in and I have something like I'm not the people notice you whether you think it or whether they notice you or they know that they noticed you. They know they w- watch you walk in, look around, go to the corner, kind of scout around. It's kind of like a weird. It kind of puts people on like a, like a little edge about you. You know what I mean? So it's if you walk in, you start a conversation with somebody. Yo, what's up? Hey, it's great to meet you, bro. And they don't know you, but they know you just walked in. And you're starting with them, and they, they just insert yourself into that conversation. Like you'll feel right away that you belong way more in this room. The other person kind of feels like, oh yeah, this is like. So like I I love to talk to the people. I also love to talk to the people in the room that also. Maybe that first person I described that goes into the back room is by themselves, quiet, blah, blah. I love to just, like, I I really, I like, I stopped looking at rooms as a war zone, and I look at them as, like, a playground now. Mm. So it's, like, just the word room. It's weird, but, like, I just, like, I like that. Like, I like that, like, it, this is a good room. Like, like the, I like the uh, idea of a good room, which is, like, weird. But, like, I, I just, like, I love the networking people, like, connecting the dots. Like, I, I am a... People will say I'm a transactional person. I am a transactional person, but I don't really see anything wrong with that. I see that I have my goals and I love to to play this game of like who in here can help me achieve them. And like I've learned that, you know, maybe sometimes like at first when I, I first started having conversations with strangers and like, you know, I would be fishing for something that would immediately feed my like what I'm looking for. But like especially as an entrepreneur, you have so many things you're trying to achieve. You never know. You never know what this person could say to you that like will help you. You never know what's in them. So like everybody looking at everybody as an opportunity and a, in a book and like surrounding, I want everybody that's in my close circle to be better than me at something, something. It could be anything. It could literally be anything, but I try to surround myself with people who in some way they inspire me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In, in, what regard when you say transactional what in what regard do you like are you referring to when, yeah. when you say transactional because some people could hear that and it's like oh he's using me or yeah. um he's just taking from me so mm-hmm. 
I guess I, I would want you to elaborate on that in, in regards to what what do you define as like transactional? Yeah. So I see it as this relationship either makes my life better, contributes to it better, or it makes it worse. It's one of the two. So if I'm interacting with somebody, I want it to be one that makes my life or this my experience better and it could be in any way it could be you made me laugh you made me smile like if you're somebody that is just a good time you like to dance if i'm in a room i'll go next to you and i'm trying to get excited i'm going next to you and i'm engaging with you and that's transactional i'm trying to get something from this but like i think that like you know especially if i'm going out for like uh my career and i'm trying to network in my (laughs) Like I, you know, I'm trying to build relationships that help me level up to the next thing. But I've learned this. The most random opportunities is one A&R I'm working with right now, Jeff. Jeff was a great guy. I love him. I, he's kind of, he's, he's really inspiring me right now and really helping me achieve next levels in my life. I met him through this one random person I met at a bar who kind of was that same type of person who wasn't really talking to people that much, but I showed him so much interest and I just like, I, and I, I had a great conversation with him and, you know, I was engaging with him and I didn't get anything from that, but I did a year down the line when he was like, Hey, my friend is looking for an entertainment. So like just I, being a good person to people turns out to be transactional. A lot of times people remember that, you know what I mean? So I'm transactional in the sense I yeah I am looking for something from this conversation always yeah. I'm always looking for something and I'm okay with that you mm. know and I, that's been a transition for me too. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I I think that um in, in what's what you were regarding to um getting out of something whether it's good or bad um I don't think that it's any an, anything any it's nothing that is ever bad. Right. Like when you're having a conversation with somebody, it's always a a new perspective shift. And and I guess one thing that I'm like starting to adopt as of late or not adopt, but uh, I I was literally up late last night and I was just thinking about this is that. To some people, um, this might be like a little off topic, but to some people there when some people say that they're like never wrong, um, I don't personally think that anybody is ever wrong. And here's why, because in your mind, from your perception, your brain is perceiving that as right. Okay. And it, it whatever to whatever that two plus four, maybe. But it it's is? like I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's weird like yeah. thing because how can they be? How can to other people they're perceiving that as wrong, mm-hmm. but their perspective in their mind is right mm-hmm. because that's just the way that they're looking at it. That's just the way that they're thinking about it. Uh-huh. And most people can't like live inside your brain so Uh in your brain's circumstances whatever you may be doing is right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i guess the it's it's one of those things where um actually poncho said it it's it's not right or wrong it just is Uh uh uh-huh i don't know i think that's a useful way to look at it for sure too i i I try to look at things through that framework as well too because it's like yeah, like I, I, it's more like what it is, but it's like what can I do with this information? What can I? How can I use whatever I believe or this person is thinking? And like, how can I? You know, I guess bringing it back to the transactional thing, it's just like I, I, anything that somebody else expresses or I feel, it's just a matter of like I'll lie to myself to get the result I want, and I think that's okay. I think that like if you tell yourself depression doesn't exist and you really believe that and you really get yourself to feel like 
you know, I, I'm not somebody who can be depressed. Then, you know, then that is a belief that kind of serves you. So what beliefs serve, serve you? And building off of that a little bit. To have confidence, like confidence and ego are different things. Confidence, confidence is having evidence that you're able to do something. Ego, this is how I look at it at least. Ego a lot of times comes from like a, a just sort of like telling yourself you're something and just really believing that without a lot of times much evidence. I make this distinction. This is a, a belief that serves me at least. So for me, it's just like if I want to believe I'm a good public speaker, I need to have evidence that I'm a good public speaker. If I really want to believe it, I can't just go up there. I've never been on stage in front of a thousand people. And like, you know, even right now, like. I, I haven't been on camera in a while. You probably heard my voice when I started this. It was a little shaky. I wasn't confident. But now, in the last 20 minutes, I got my, like, spirit up, and now I feel like I'm on camera for the first time. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that, like, yeah, I try to, like, really give myself opportunities to to, to fail and, and accepting that. And just until the point where it's, like, I've done this enough times where I feel confident and I have, I'm not just telling myself something. I'm not just telling myself I'm not somebody – uh, I'm somebody who could public speak. I, I actually see examples and I've, I've, I've gone through that. And that only starts from doing it the first time. So the sooner you can fail, the better, like everybody talks about failure, but it's like, it's how, how did you, how did you experience the, uh, the, the confidence that you've, that you've had? Um, like what, what was it through, what was it through those hardships that over the past couple months, was it, um, th those conversations with yourself? Uh, when you would go out by yourself and kind of separate because like hearing, hearing that, like going into a room and just finding somebody that, that, that takes extreme confidence yeah. to just do that. Yeah. So one of it is niching down and specializing in something that like I, I understand and I really value niching down to something that's highly specific as much like the, that's what the market wants right now. Like if you, People in the I okay so what's in the back of my mind right now is in the legal space right. People think that if I'm a lawyer, if I say I oh I do personal injury and I do malpractice and I do entertainment and I do this like pe people think you'll get more clients. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna get more clients from that. It's actually the opposite. I'm reading this book called The Game Changing Attorney. It's about basically that. Or I read it. Um, the value is in the niches. There's people who are truck accident attorneys. And they're very much specifically for truck accidents. So you put that in a paper. Somebody sees truck accident attorney. If they look up truck, I've been in a truck accident. There's only two people that do that. They're going to go to you. You're going to get a ton of value from that. So I'm doing that right now in the music space. When I was talking to people when I got into music, um, when I was getting into to law school and stuff, I was like, I guess I didn't even talk about that. But if you don't know me, I'm, I'm about to be a lawyer next year. I'm in my last year of law school um, going into music law specifically in this producer business was something that I'm using to build a foundation off of so I have a client base and a roster and understanding and a connection in the music industry when I become a lawyer so Scott does it. it all basically yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um, I'm sorry this is a long-winded answer but what I'm trying to say is um, my goal right now and reason why I've been able to move so fast and grow so quickly is because I've niched down to not just music I've niched down to not just hip hop, to producers. So I'm going to be the only producer lawyer that exists. I'm going to be the only person that brands himself as that. It is not any that exists besides the one that I worked for. And he's known as like a producer lawyer, but he doesn't brand himself as that. So I learned everything through him. Um, shout out Adam Friedman. Um, so 
if you niche down in something and you feel really confident in that thing and it's a rare skill, you're going to gain confidence. Like, that's it. So I know I'm in a privileged space. If I go to a room in a music, if I go in, into like a showcase and I introduce myself, hey, um, I'm, I'm in the I work on the legal side of the industry. Basically, everybody kind of wants like to meet me for the most part. And that's not like, you know, I'm not trying to be like arrogant about it but like like you don't meet people who are in that space so i think that the more like people try to just be individual and create a unique skill set and that you are able to practice the entrepreneur's journey is one of a thousand pitches a million pitches like you have to keep practicing your pitch and when i worked at, at this company called rec philly i worked at the front desk it was a, a creative incubator um with like a thousand creatives so every day i would practice my pitch all the time and until I like got it down and I noticed oh, when I said it this way, this person's attention like uh, propped up a little bit. And when I mentioned this and when I like left this detail for the end, it worked better, like all that type of stuff. So just paying attention to like how really like practicing your personal elevator pitch and writing it down is a huge thing. So, yeah, I guess that's a uh, one way I gain confidence is just knowing that I, I actually contribute unique value and. I niche down like I, I really can't like I really think in this market you just everybody's got to niche down if you want to find quick success yeah which is opposite of what people think yeah hmm I guess I'm trying to think about how that could really uh relay into other aspects whether it's not just music and yeah and, it, and like uh niching down in in whatever it like maybe yeah know, uh, podcasting um becoming the best at anything in particular just like just and just as specific as you can get i think that usually works yeah but some people yeah. in in terms of like um to some people um i wouldn't say like in the business space but like something that i hear often is some when, when they're creating like content they they hate like niches like they hate the the they just i I want to be the brand, you know? Yes. And um, instead of like whatever I'm doing, like for example, yes. this is a self-improvement podcast. Some mm -hmm. people would be like, oh, like I don't want to just niche down to just self-improvement because mm -hmm. potentially one, how many people may be doing that? Or it's yes. like, you see like a Logan Paul where it's just like his podcast. Yes. Logan Paul. Yeah. You know, it's just I, him. Yeah. You bring anybody on and, and whatever. They can have deep conversations. This how I look at it. So, and I completely respect that but i think you can only do one thing exceptionally well at a time you can mm. only develop one skill exceptionally well at a time so to get in let's look at kanye he got him through the door through producing he, that's what got him in he put his all into being the best producer he can then you got in once you get that first thing and you get really good at it and you're in the door, then you can start exploring other things. But until then, you have to start somewhere and you need to have one thing that gets you having the conversations. You can't start as a generalist in really anything. Yeah. I mean, some things maybe, but like I think the best way to get into most things is to niche down as much as possible. And then once you're in there, learn that skill. You don't have to necessarily master it. But once you get in there, then you can start learning another skill. And then you once you that is and that and that's what an entrepreneur does. I mean, I for start with something, you understand how to make something, and then once you get there, now I have to learn how to market that thing. Now I have to learn how to build a team, and now I have to learn how to do X, Y, and Z. So it's like, well, YouTube, you can learn how to do anything, but yeah. So I I, I do think it takes time to get to that point where it's like you know you don't want to be a one thing person, but you I think especially in the content space, you got to be 
And then like, cause especially the way the algorithm works, like I'm in the producer space. I think every producer has seen my content because it's targeted towards producers. There's not that many producers, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's come all across your feed at some point. If I put like, so if it's good quality, it's going to get in there. And then I don't want to be just a producer lawyer either. That's just where I'm starting. And then everything else is going to start getting, you know, building around that once I'm in there. So what, what are some other things that you want to, um, and embark on um on the legal side i think that you know just anything in really music i mean like people told me it was unrealistic to 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 want to go and be a music lawyer and it's better to just be entertainment generally or intellectual property but i don't i don't really have any interest in any other section so just in music in general and i think this as my life picks up i i really like building companies um, or I think I will like building companies. I'm so new at it, but like I, I like building systems for things, and I like the interpersonal side. So wherever that path takes me, I don't know where that's going to take me necessarily. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, but we'll see where it goes. I, I like everything falls into line it's nicely for me usually. So I guess we'll see. The uh, the uh, unrealistic. That's I hate that uh, that that line when somebody says that it's something is unrealistic. Yeah. Um, yeah when it's you know yeah i guess it's in that regard it's um i guess it's where you kind of touched on the point where it's like confidence and ego Mm -hmm. as long as you're confident in what you're putting out um i believe that as long as you believe in it then everything else will kind of take its course Mm -hmm. and uh you know you're young and you you made some great connections and you're going to continue to network and and do great things uh just because of the person that you are and the energy that you really bring so i would say if somebody wants to be skeptic of you and and where you're gonna go then i'd just say fuck them honestly yeah um, yeah i i really struggle with that um i am like very much the opposite of what a lot of people say where they could come on here and be like like poncho last time we had a conversation like poncho's like oh if they don't you know if they if they don't believe in my vision uh, blah they say fuck them I struggle with that a lot. I really care about what people think. And I value almost everybody's uh, perspective. And I see it as a strength of mine. I lean into it as a strength. But I definitely realize it gets me into situations that, like, oftentimes don't serve me. You know what I mean? So, you feel like sometimes it might hold you back? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that I am, yeah, like, I... The more I change up my environment and the more I notice how many different types of personalities I have, like sometimes like my family will watch me on camera and uh, they'll be like, that's not you. Mm. That's not how you act. And in my head, I'm thinking of like, I think Jordan talks to his teammates the same way he talks to his mom. I think he's going to talk to the people on the other team the same way he talks to his teammates. You think that like, you know, I think the strength of mine is I can adjust my personality to best fit whatever I'm dealing with. I think that's one of the most powerful things you can do. If you can adjust the way that you act to best serve this current situation, if I'm supposed to be a, uh, like I, I, we all have these different roles. We all have these different labels We're we're a son and we're a best friend and we're an entrepreneur and we're a content creator. And we're, and if they're all the same person, I think that's, I don't know how far you can really go like that. And I think especially with the content side, like this is all this is the the point right now is to be entertaining and educational and inspiring. Like I know that. Now the entertaining part is something that like with a lot of like I need to put on a little bit of a show 
And then years that, like, it'll take time. But, like, if you look at somebody like a Joe Budden, Adam-22, like, any of those people who've been doing it a long time, now their personality's probably pretty much the same. But at first, you got to put on a little bit of thing until your personality settles to, like, where you you, you kind of naturally sits. You know what I mean? Because it feels like you're in a different world than the camera's on at first. So I think with time, um, if you're new to being on camera, your personality will settle into something that's, like, you know, more natural. So, um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I see it as a strength that I have all these personalities and I adjust myself and I'm able to fit, you know, whatever I'm I'm doing. It's definitely been a struggle of mine. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Which part? The part where, um, oh, that's not you. Um, and that's like something that I've been like battling recently. Um, hence the reason why I haven't really posted like a YouTube video in like a month. Um but just like those silent battles that you really kind of have with yourself, uh, as people know me, as they, and I'll probably elaborate this either on like a, another episode or, because um, at some point I would like to address it to, to everybody, but um, kind of making that distinction that people see you for sometimes what you are or like what you present, right? They see me. And what I promote as, you know, 1%, like, you know, self-improvement every day. And some sometimes people' perception can get distorted of that. Like, just because you're growing, trying to grow 1% every day does not mean that you're sometimes barely making it out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the only thing that you're able to do is, like, take a shower or mm-hmm. barely show up at the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, people see you as this figure that, Oh yeah, you're positive like twenty four seven all the time. Mm-hmm. When that's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, and I presented that, and for for me, that's hurt me, and that's like that's also been the good thing because people are like, oh, like I, I can look up to you, and knowing that you're always gonna be okay, but that's yeah, that's not always the case. Yeah, yeah that's not always sure. the case. And yeah, then it's... people will, you know, that that may know me or they see me and um they have a conversation with me they're just like well i never knew that you 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 were battling something or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i'm always thinking that you're good or you're solid but yeah yeah it's not always the case and i i really feel like that is a real strength of yours that you are so transparent on your show about the personal battles that you're always going through and then like completely vulnerable so i I, that's what i really love about in your show is how you're able to just keep this like comforting listening like it's almost like like you would give us the opportunity to kind of be like um, your therapist in a sense. You know what I mean? Because you express to us like you're, you're, and you're, it seems like you're really asking for like advice, which yeah. is amazing. Who It's rare that that really happens. I, I, mean, I love that shit. You yeah. know, I think it's um even, even within the, the conversations like that we're having right now. And I, I guess I was reflecting of like, damn, I've never like really went into a room, a public space and like, I usually get anxiety. <laughs> like yeah. when I step into like a public space, like and mm-hmm. hearing that that you go to somebody and just like start a conversation, like that's inspiring. Like, yeah. That is like, well, maybe I should want to try that someday. Yeah, um, and I have my taglines. I've said this, I posted this on threads, but like one thing that podcasting has taught me is the power of questions and the ability to open up doors. So like I have a list on my phone. Thousands of questions organized by type of person, by type of conversation, organized. So if I'm going to a space that's all hip hop artists, 
I'll take a look at that before the show. I'll take a, I have my favorites from that list and I'll, I'll organize that. If I'm hopping on a call with, you know, uh, uh, you know, I used to get anxiety setting up these intro calls with people and I used to think about it for days. Like, what am I going to say to them? Now I've, I've, I've saved questions from all of those calls that I have. And now I only look at it like 15 minutes before the call, save my top 10, have that on my phone while I'm on the call. I look at them and, and it, it, it's like the antidote to anxiety is preparation usually. So if you could prepare for whatever it is and, and, and socially, I think studying questions or studying things that you wrote down about yourself or just your elevator pitch or whatever it is like my ultimate cheat code is the notes app on my phone. Like I, I attribute any success I have to the notes app on my phone. Like I write, I abuse that shit. So yeah. So I don't know. I, I fuck with it. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, I think that's an issue. A lot of people experience with social anxiety. And I'm, like I said, I'm in a blessed place where it's like people kind of want to meet me. Um, there's rarely a time that like I, once I tell people, you know, I'm on the legal side, they're not like, oh, shit, we're going to talk. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's a place of privilege, though. What, what has um, I know you like briefly touched on it, but what has like networking? Like how have you found that important? Like when it did when did it click? Like, yo, net, networking is, is really, really the key to to really elevating yourself in your circle. I knew that going to the legal side, there's two. I look at it. There's two sides to be successful. You got to have the actual understanding of the legal side or at least to start a law firm to start a law firm in the legal side you got to have the actual understanding of the law the substantive understanding and if you want to start your own law firm you also have to have the clients so for me i knew that like the way i want to look at this is like i don't necessarily want to be a lawyer i want to own a law firm and run a law firm so i want to be a brand that kind of brills brings people in and, and has their relationship side and in that, you also have the power to learn a lot, too, because if you have what people do in the on the legal side is if I don't know how to do something, I'll hit up. Hey, Avi, uh, I know you know how to do this. I have this client. You know, can, can we split this 50 50? I'll take the lead on whatever and I'll do most of the work. But can you just teach me how to do it? So if you so for me, it just like it was intuitive. If I want to have clients, I need to have relationships. And so that for me, it was kind of intuitive and it's it, it becomes addicting. Like it, it really becomes addicting. Like I really have a a ton of fun like doing it and like seeing and, and I don't like going to like random clubs and like even the most lit clubs like in the city cool they're dope but I'd much rather be at a shitty showcase at SOBs that like I tell my friends are like yo I want to come with you I'm like you don't want to go to these things I like going to them because I like talking and meeting new people that even like because they, they hit me up a year later and it's just crazy how many seeds like I, I love the analogy of like um, you know, you just got to plant all these seeds and then some of them will blossom and a lot of them won't, but like, you never know which one is going to be a fucking whatever. So, um, it's a, it, it's fun for me. It's a challenge. I have a lot of fun doing it. it. It's more or less that Jordan reference. Um, you, you miss a thousand, a thousand shots that you don't take. Yeah. You know, and that's a great analogy where you're just continuously going to keep shooting and, and putting yourself in the space because all, all it takes really is just one opportunity yeah. for yourself to be next level mm -hmm. you know um it, it's you're always i forgot who said this but you're always like one guest you're always like one meeting you're always one interaction like away from yep. that that ideal scenario that you really want to mm -hmm. be in but it's mm -hmm. just having the confidence enough to okay i'm just going to continuously doing it one more time yeah just one more time and just one more time until that luck gets presented to you yeah and then and then it's not luck though then it's not necessarily <laughs> luck and even if it is luck you need to have the skill set to convert that luck into something like a lot of times luck walks right by people or 
and they don't have the skills to actually convert that luck, lucky opportunity into something, whatever you want to call it. So it's like you got to have the like you got to plan like for the luck to come in. Like you can't just just like, oh, the luck is here. Now it's time to figure out what the fuck I'm going to. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's It's always crazy how it's just considered luck. Right. Yeah. But they don't. Not many people see the 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 shots that you've been taking. You know, not many people have seen like. For example, the things that you go to that maybe your friends don't want to go to yeah. or just those the, the constant attempts. And then after the constant attempts, you just finally find that right situation, mm-hmm. that ideal situation. And then after that, it's considered luck. But before that, there wasn't any prior knowledge or there wasn't anything that was visible enough to see, oh, you've been doing this really all along. It's like that one artist that just keeps dropping music yeah. or that one content creator that just keeps dropping and just keeps making the videos and yep. just keep doing that. And then after, you know, maybe the thousandth try, now yeah. they're, okay, now yeah. they're big. You yeah, know? yeah. And and then, and then they have to have the foresight too where it's like, I got to build off what I was saying. Like, yeah, this one song hits. Finally, you've been putting the work. You've been making all this music and finally this one song it busts on TikTok. It's reposted by the Kardashians. But then... You don't know how to market yourself. You don't know how to schedule a tour. You don't have anybody that's going to handle your finances. So it's like you put all your time and energy into this one thing. You're way better off just like spreading your resources out and having a, like having that long-term foresight of like how I'm going to convert this future attention once I have it. You can't just like wait for that. You can't just make music and that's obvious, but like you can't just make music and then hope that one song goes crazy because how are you going to convert that and turn that into like a long-term career after that if for like, in the context of music? All right, the uh, the camera died. Um, so it's just me. It is just you. It's just me. Say less. Um, memory card issues, but you know, it's always something with the yeah. podcast. Phase. Yeah, yeah, always something. I know, I know the struggle. Um, last question. Um, I usually ask all the guests, "What is something that you want to become one percent one percent better at within your life?" I know I asked you this last time. One percent better at every day for like like something I'm working on. Yeah. Did you ask me this last time? I yeah, did. I think I might have, actually. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure if I did. In the event that I didn't, yeah. what is something that you want to become 1% better in? Um, I want to become be- 1% better as a leader. And by that, I mean, I like, I, I hosted my first company meeting on Wednesday. And, like, I, I said this earlier, but, like, I really, really appreciate the 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 aspect of being able to sort of inspire and be a representative like a, a an embodiment of certain values like like if you want a company to have these values in the long term like to grow and scale like there has to be that key person of influence is the term i like to use um shout out daniel Pricely for uh coining that but there has to be that key person of influence that is the literal embodiment of all those things and and is able to to meet people and even when i get to the point of like I'm a significant figure that like I meet somebody it's a big moment for them I want to still have that personal like touch to everything that I do Um, so I want to keep getting better at just being able to voice myself and express my beliefs and values and like um, make meaningful interactions I don't even know what words I the the word I'm looking I'm using is leadership but like I guess like do you know what I'm trying to say yeah I forget yeah somebody putting, putting it together yeah yeah and uh yeah, I just want to make people feel good um, through business primarily, but in my daily interactions as well, too, like whether it's not related to business. So that's how I feel. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so um, much for I appreciate sparking it. this dialogue because I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. And 
I'm looking forward to watching this and uh, continue this type of conversations. Well, we'll have to do uh, we'll have to do a part two. I am the, down whenever. In, in Literally the future. whenever. Literally whenever. Maybe six months to a year from now. See see exactly what space you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, Say less. I'm going to do. Thank you guys. Uh, it might be close. It might not be close. Let me see. Um, I want to be able to end it off in a. Oh yeah, that is very close. Sorry about that, guys. Um, probably <laughs> cut this part out. Um, I appreciate you guys rocking with us, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. This is the One Percent Podcast. I'm out. Fire, bro. Thank you. Thank you. You're an amazing host. Thank you, bro.